Hello and welcome to another edition of Ask the Experts here on City News 570. I'm joined today by Faisal Suziwala. Faisal is ranked within the top three real estate brokers in the world for Remax and was recently named Canada's top agent. Faisal began his career at the young age of 18 and has been providing outstanding results for over 30 years, most notably with uh, Remax Twin City Realty. And if you're driving around the region, Faisal is often seen smiling at you uh, from the back of some Grand River Transit buses. Great advertising idea, Faisal. Thank you. Thank you. Does Thanks. it throw you for a loop sometimes when you see yourself on a bus? It, it's it's actually very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered about that. But you know what? It 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 makes an impact, obviously, right? And it's uh, it gets the name out, it gets the recognition out, uh, and uh, and and those are all over town. What a great idea! Uh, so, uh, well, we'll get back on track. Faisal's here today to talk about new rules for realtors, government incentives, uh, and doing your homework before committing to an agent. Uh, welcome back to the show, Faisal. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, listeners, if you're interested in any of the information we discuss over the next hour, please reach out to Faisal. You can start your journey at homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519-624-5555, or email Faisal at homeshack.com. Faisal, always so much to chat about each time uh, you're on the show. So let's let's dive right in. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned in our, in our pre-show notes, it sounds like uh, your lifelong learning continues as there's some new uh, rules for realtors. So what what major changes should consumers be aware of when uh, when we're when we're learning about those kinds of those rules? A lot of the changes are just uh, basically housekeeping, uh, making sure that, you know, acknowledgements are made as to who's working for who and who represents who and whether or not uh, someone is being represented by an agent or if they are self-representing. So there's a, a few little things that are happening there. The major takeaway uh, is really offer transparency. Okay. And this is where the seller now uh, can permit their agent to disclose the terms, the conditions, and the price of a competing offer. Now, in the past, it was illegal for us as agents to disclose that because you're working right. in the best interest of the seller, everything is confidential, but now there is permission, uh, and we've talked about this in the past that this was coming. It is now in law, as of December 1st, uh, a seller can choose to disclose the information of an offer. Now, what's interesting about this is what, you know, what the pros and cons are going to be. Mm -hmm. So from a seller's perspective, it ensures that the buyers are all made aware of what the competing offers are. And if someone was sort of sitting on the fence about, do I pay that extra 5,000? Do I pay that extra 10,000? If they already have prior knowledge of what the other offers are, they're going to feel comfortable paying that additional X amount of dollars. From, from a buyer's perspective, though, it can create a, a real auction scenario where now you're acting out of emotion because it's almost a live auction, whereas before it was blind bidding. And I believe, you know, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to come across as not for this transparency. Um, and, and the reason for that is that in a blind bidding process, a buyer has the opportunity to make a thoughtful decision, sort of sit down, think about what they want to pay for a home, put pen to paper, submit that offer. And yes, there might be one or two opportunities for them to improve, but they've sort of got a bottom line in mind and that's the offer that they're presenting to the seller. 
Now, if the offers are open, then that's where a real bidding war is going to start. And, and sometimes the buyer may not have the opportunity to make that thoughtful decision, may act out of impulse, may remove conditions, um, increase price without knowing if they're qualified to do so, um, and, and, and just do a lot of, lot of things that maybe they shouldn't be doing because the process that they went through to make that initial offer is what they should really depend on and go with their gut feel of what they wanted to pay and not get caught up. Um, yes, there are people that uh, overpay for a property because of blind bidding, but that's right. a decision that they made based on the information they had, based on the qualifying that they were able to do. Now, from a seller's perspective, um, it, it, can be, it can be beneficial, but it can also hurt them because hypothetically let's say an offer was for 950 the offer was 950 the best offer on the table was 950 mm-hmm. and a second offer had come in at 1 million dollars mm-hmm. okay now that 1 million dollars came in without the prior knowledge that there was a 950 on the table right. now if if that second buyer was made aware of the fact that there was an offer for 950 they would have probably come in a thousand fifteen hundred dollars higher instead of coming in a $50,000 higher. Now, it's not to say that the bidding war won't, would not ensue and, and it would still achieve that price, but it's probably unlikely. So yeah. if I'm a seller, I'm going to really think about the benefits. Like, do I really want to put that out there? What's really interesting about all of this is that the seller can basically make the rules as they go along. along. So they don't have to determine at the time that they list their property if they're going to engage in an open offer presentation format, or if they're going to go with a closed, as we have traditionally done it, and the seller has the right to change their mind right up to and including during the offer presentation process. So we're doing blind bidding, five offers are in, the seller says, I'm not going to disclose what the offers are. The sixth offer comes in, and now the seller decides, okay, you know what? Tell everybody what the other five offers are. Now, so the seller gets the chance to do this. Right. The It could work in their favor, but right. what could also happen is every buyer now has the right to withdraw their offers in the event that offers are open. So now the seller could end up with zero offers instead of having the five or six offers on the table. Um, so there's going to be a, a little bit of a learning curve. This just right. happened a few days ago. So I have not been in a situation where we've had that happen yet, but I'm sure it will happen. Um, I would say in all cases, as we did in the past, if you are in a multiple offer situation, make sure that as a buyer, you have a bank draft. And as a seller, insist on making sure there's a deposit on the table. Because especially now when emotions are going to be running high, and bidding war is going to be happening, and we do expect that to happen. Um, folks may have buyer's remorse and back out at some point, and now you've got nothing after going through that whole process. So there's a lot of information there, and that's what some of the changes are. That, and, and it's a lot to sort through, and that's why you count on Faisal to, to walk you through those. And like he's saying, it's it's brand new to him as well, too. So good uh, good to be able to, to at least get that on the table and, and have that as a discussion point. If we take a look at the current market, Faisal, what what are you seeing as we as we wrap up 2023 and and turn that corner into the new year? Where are we at? 
So I was at a conference last week and, and one of the chief economists from uh, CIBC, Benjamin Tall, said something very interesting that resonated with me. He said, the bad news is good news. Okay. And I thought, okay well, what's what's he after here? What What does that actually mean? So what he was saying is that we are in an economy and in a time where interest rates have gone up 500 basis points. In any other time, in any other economy, in any timeline, 500 basis point increase in interest rates would have caused a market crash. Right. So the fact that we've had this happen and there hasn't been a market crash is actually good news. And, you know, he went on to say that that the um, that the Bank of Canada has really overcorrected, probably by half a point. Um, and the expectation, the forecast is that coming into the first quarter and after, we should start seeing, definitely we're going to see a hold, but we should start seeing some declining interest rates. And um, my perspective on this is that 65% of people who have mortgages today are coming up for renewal in the next 18 to 24 months. Um, I don't think that the bank really wants to take back 65% of the properties that are out there yep. and, uh, they're going to have to do something and maybe cut back on a little bit of those profits that they're making. Um, and even in these times, banks have been, you know, um, having record profits. They're certainly not hurting at all. Um, so maybe it's time to start, start taking a little bit of a hit on their profit margins and, 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 and taking lower interest rates, but there has to be government fixes. Um, there's already built in regulations that allow for longer amortization periods to allow the payments. So now that's not a long-term solution. Um, you don't want to be having debt for long term, but it is a good short term solution until the interest rates start declining and your payments start coming into balance again. And you can start, you know, putting food on the table and gas in your cars, uh, because those are the choices that people are going to have to start making if they want to keep their homes and not lose them. And, and I think back to a year ago, and I think we were having a similar discussion a year ago, the idea that, you know, we have we got to wait, we got to hang in there. And we've done that. And we're starting to see, as you said, we're starting to see the, the rates are slowly going to come down or, you know, and, and there, there's been those holds and and it's it's moving in the right direction. So, as you said, the bad news is is going to be good news. Uh, we should take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I want to dive deeper into some government incentives, but also get uh, get your your take on those large corporations that have been coming into the areas and, and scooping up the real estate. So uh, stay with us, folks. We're lis you're, you're listening to uh, myself and, and Faisal. We're having a chat about the real estate world and what's going on. Stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker, Faisal Suziwala. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555 or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Um, before the break, I mentioned this, and I know we've talked about this uh, probably about six months ago, I think, Faisal, that idea of you know large corporations coming into areas and 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 scooping up real estate as an investment. Uh, and and it was, you know, kind of like that, you know, it's the big scary thing that's going on. Um, is that still a trend these days? Is it still happening? And if it is, what do, what do we need to know about it? 
Yeah, it absolutely is. In fact, I think some of the bigger companies are doubling down on this and and going in a big way. So, you know, we've heard about companies like Blackstone and they've been doing this in the U.S. They've, they've got a chapter in Canada that's doing it as well. And, you know, real estate through its appreciation and long-term value benefits has become an investment vehicle. Unfortunately, for those who are trying to buy homes, that they the big corporations are now actually competition. Um, so recently, Jeff Bezos of uh, Amazon, as we all know, um, yep. he has a company that is funded by him that is doing exactly that. They're going out and buying single family homes. So these could be homes in your neighborhood, and they're putting these into a portfolio, a large fund, where they are going to create um, real estate uh uh, portfolios for rental properties and create an income stream, another income stream for large corporations. Um, and the lesson and the takeaway here is that if these large corporations are after the homes in your backyard, why are you not? Why are you not doing the same thing? At the very least, why are you not buying a single family home for yourself, maybe putting in a secondary unit in there and just creating an opportunity to a uh, have a roof over your over your head, um, have some a passive income coming in from a lower level. And just, you know, th the step is to buy the first home. Mm -hmm. It's one home at a time that can create this large portfolio and eventually create generational wealth for you to leave behind. But today, we have taken that sideline approach, pause approach. In these times that are difficult, are opportunities. And what we're going to see happen, uh, we were talking about the market coming into the new year. As soon as we see the pause in interest rate that we're going to see now, uh, I believe there will be a second and third pause coming into the new year then probably a decline in the interest rates. After the first and second decline in interest rate, we're going to be right back to herd mentality. Everybody comes back in. Everybody's pushing each other out of the way, overbidding. And we're going to be right back to where we were because the sentiment in the market will be positive. So although it's difficult in these times to make those decisions with higher interest rates, take the short-term rate, it's going to be higher, yeah. uh, but that will pay in, in in huge amounts over time because the value of the property, it's expected to start jumping. And I've heard all kinds of news headlines, you know, we're going to see an 8% drop. I have no idea where these people are getting these numbers from because when you speak generally across Canada, there's an expectation that as the rates start declining by a quarter percent, the values will start increasing by 3 to 4%. So by that measure in our region, if the values are $800,000 at average, a 3% increase is about $24,000, $25,000. So why not take advantage of that? Because I can assure you, your monthly payment on a shorter term rate is not going to be $2,000 more per month. But right. if you can save $25,000 by buying now, as opposed to waiting until everybody else is jumping in and you're having to get back into those bidding wars. So there's a lot of that. Um, but again, yes, large corporations um, are seeing opportunity. Right. And why are they a large corporation? Because they have the vision and they have the understanding of how things work and that 
in these times of difficulty lies opportunity, and we are the ones that should be grasping those opportunities. Great advice. And 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 as you were talking about that, and you you mentioned that idea of like in law suites and those things. You, if if you're if you're willing to take that risk and be creative, maybe uh, you know we've heard like people talking about putting a tiny home on you know or or you know in in a if you've got the space for it, you've seen and you've seen the TV shows where they take the shipping containers and turn those into like you've got to be creative, especially in these days where uh, it, it might not be uh, as we've said before, it might not be your dream home, but you've got a roof over your head, it's yours. I mean the bank. We'll own it for a little while, but uh, it's yours, and and you're not just you're not just paying into that that uh, that rental uh, setup. You're looking after yourself. You're looking after your own finances. It's all and and be ahead of the herd mentality. I think is probably uh, pretty key as well too. Uh, when we when we take a look at uh, some programs, last time we were we had Juan, we we looked at some government programs and rebates that would help Canadians afford uh, you know existing homes and and helping people get into the market. Um, if we know that that's a great a great focus we know being creative as well too as we look to 2024 and people always make you know new year's resolutions all those kinds of things what are some other things people should be thinking about and and taking advantage of because they're there you know i was i was astonished at the number of programs that are out there that have not been marketed and you know like i'm going to be a spokesperson for the government of canada here and tell wow. everybody okay. about all these amazing programs that for some reason they have them and they have all kinds of money for them but they haven't really marketed when's the last time you opened up your television set and 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 heard about you know you should be applying for this grant or this right. this incentive out there so i'm not sure why it's not out there we certainly hear a lot of politicians talking about things but we don't hear about these uh incentives that are out there so the you know for young people the first home savings account the fhsa yeah. you can use it to save up to forty thousand dollars for your first home you can contribute tax-free up to 15 years and the unused contribution room can be carried over to the next year up to a maximum of $8,000. So this is all on the um uh, revenue, uh sorry the Canadian um uh services benefits housing website. Right. Uh, and I will post that on my um Instagram and my Facebook page. So if anybody wants to go on there it's www.canada.ca and then put services benefits and housing and you will get the information but in addition to um the FHSA which is actually uh complements the home buyers plan and the home buyers plan is a program that allows you to make a withdrawal from your registered RRSP to buy or build a qualifying home. So there, this is just a second tier to the RRSP program that's been in effect for a long time. But in addition to that, the Canada Housing Benefit has the multi-generational home renovation tax credit, right. which gives you up to $7,500 to assist with the cost of renovating a residence to establish a secondary unit. Okay. Of course, we talked about the GST, HST new housing rebate. So if you're buying a brand new home, creating it for a rental unit, you get the mm -hmm. HST rebate. Um, there's the home buyers uh, uh, plan, which allows you to claim up to $10,000 for the first time home buyer and person with disabilities purchasing a home. Okay. 
Okay. There's the first home savings account, which we talked about, the first time home buyer incentive, which we talked about. Uh, and that reduces actually the first time home buyer incentive reduces your mortgage payments with a shared equity mortgage. So that's a government program where they take a little bit of an interest in your property, but actually reduces your mortgage payment. Uh, the Canada Greener Homes Incentive, which allows you to make changes to your home to uh, make it greener and gives you some credits on that. And then uh, funding for Indigenous housing, which is very important for construction and renovation for Indigenous housing. So there's a lot of different programs that are out there. And, um, you know, sometimes the solution is not simply I got to sell or I'm not able to buy. Dig a little bit deeper into these programs, talk to consultants, talk to people who are in the know. And again, www.canada.ca backslash uh, slash, uh, services, benefits, and housing. Um, and you can get a lot of this information through there. And I know going back to the first time homebuyers plan and, and and borrowing from your RSPs, when we got started out, we were young. We did that. Uh, that helped to get us into our first home. Uh, and, and and we took the years to pay it back. Uh, I remember at the, at the time thinking, oh, man, I don't know if, if this is a great spot for us. But retirement was 30 years away. And, and, it, and I remember talking with my wife and saying, we can make this money work for us right now, get that roof over our heads. Uh, so yeah, do your homework and, and take a look at these things. And, and with Faisal talking about uh, the first time, uh, for, uh, the first home savings account, you can start it when you're 18. And Faisal's mentioned before, you know, maybe, maybe mom and dad help out a little bit, put some of that aside. And at least gets you, you know, it gets you down the road, and and then you're not you're not starting off, uh, you know, uh, fresh with nothing. You've you've got you've got a few a few uh, uh, things in, in your pocket to begin with. But all good advice. And as as Faisal, as you're saying, Faisal, it's do your homework, and you can check it out on the on the website, um, and and add them all up. You're gonna you're gonna be able to uh, to save yourself some some cash. We do need to take a quick break. Uh, we'll get an update from the City News 570 News Center. When we come back, uh, we can take a look at a few other things. We got to look after the seniors. Faisal and I are just a few years away from being called those, 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 uh, those names. And if I can get a senior's discount, I'm happy to do so. Uh, stay with us here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Canada's top real estate broker and author of the book, The Real Deal, billion-dollar real estate broker, Faisal Suziwala. The book uh, continues to be ranked on Amazon's bestseller list as well. This is the season of giving, so uh, maybe give yourself or, or someone the gift of, of Faisal's insight. If you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, you can start by going to homeshack.com. You can call him directly, 519 624-5555 or email Faisal at homeshack.com. We were joking before the break, Faisal, about, uh, you know, maybe being in that senior category sooner or later. Uh, but and, and, and all joking aside, uh, I would assume that the senior population still makes up a fairly big chunk of of homeowners. And uh, we know that that there's there's scams out there. There's all these kinds of things, and it seems to target people that are that are getting, uh, you know, getting on in in life. Uh, you you've talked about that idea of protecting them. What would what would that look like in in your mind when we're when we're wanting to look after the seniors population? Well, we've talked we've talked in the past about things like title insurance and watching out for conditional sales contracts. So, I mean, if we want to dig a little bit deeper into that, so for example, these these conditional sales contracts. 
are again, you know, through different contractors that are selling you furnaces, air conditioning, water purifying systems, water softeners, humidifiers, you name it. There's about 10 different items that they can sell you, alarm systems. And what they're, what they're giving you is a, is a low monthly payment or you expect that it's low and a service plan. And they're telling you that, you know, this is going to add value to your property because when you come time to sell, these are going to be assumed by, by the new buyer. Well, no buyer wants to assume your $30,000 in equipment that you've leased from a contractor. So be very, very cautious in that. Um, things like water softener and um, hot water heater, if you're going to rent it, especially in our region with the hot water, okay, that makes sense. But furnaces, air conditioners, and other items like that, I don't recommend that you get into. And really read the fine, fine print. Some of those leases are 12-year leases, mm -hmm. uh, 15-year leases, and they're registered on your title. So even if you want to refinance, you've got to go through the entire process to get that lien removed or lifted while you get the mortgage put back on. Um, solar panels is another thing that people have um, taken on. You know, a lot of seniors have uh, homes that they've had for a long time. And if they're facing the right direction, they've got a nice roof on there. But those contracts, again, can be 20, 25 years. Yeah. And the actual amount that they're paying you today versus what they used to pay you 20 years ago is very, very minimal. And it's probably not worth the hassle. Insuring those homes is also a task. Financing those homes is a task. So be careful if you're taking on a home with solar. And we've done many of them. So we are very experienced in dealing with solar panel contracts. But I don't recommend that you enter a new one because it's just more of a headache for me to deal with it. So, so avoid that. Um, but there, yes, there are a lot of scams out there. Title insurance is the other thing that it's so important that if your home is paid off, don't rest easy thinking, I don't have a mortgage on my house. I have nothing to worry about. In right. fact, if you don't have a mortgage on your home and no liens registered against your home, uh, you should be the most worried because you're ripe for fraud. And it is relatively easy given the day and age of technology that we are in with AI and all the different things that are going on and people who are you know, ready to scam you to register mortgages. And we have heard news stories that your home could be sold out from underneath you. So these are important things to be aware of. Title insurance is a normal thing now, but it wasn't 30 years ago when grandma and grandpa or mom and dad bought a house and they may not have these things. So that's again, and you know, I, I, we're going to make a point of repeating this over and over again, because um, people need to be aware that they need to protect their investment. Um, I want to touch a little bit about on wills and estates. Okay. Uh, you know, lately I've been dealing with a lot of uh, people that are my age and unfortunately, you know, their parents are passing on right. and they're dealing with, the estate. I am shocked at the number of homes that I come into where there was no will, there was no estate planning, there was no direction given to the kids. And sometimes those are difficult conversations to have. I certainly don't want to sit down with my kids and have those conversations, but there should be a roadmap. There should be a conversation. And maybe that conversation happens when you're buying a home or when you're selling a home. You're already at your lawyer's office. You don't yep. need to make a special appointment. And most lawyers will gladly couple that into your fees when you're doing um, your purchase, refinance, or whatever you're doing or your sale of your home. So get 
get some legal advice and do your estate planning because not having it besides the government red tape, the probate and all of the other estate uh, rules, regulations, taxes and fees that you're going to pay just to get your your your, your estate in order. Um, it's the personal fallout, the family fallout, the yes. infighting with the kids and you know, this was, I was entitled to this, or this was promised to me, or I did these improvements in mom and dad's home. Therefore, I'm entitled to more of a share. Um, and I'm dealing with these issues on a daily basis. And it's very disheartening because, you know, you I've known these families for, for 30 years, mm -hmm. 35 years. Everyone was happy. Everyone was getting along. And now they're at a point where they don't even talk to each other, unfortunately, because of the estate situation. So why go through that? I'm sure mom and dad or the deceased would not, uh, have wanted this kind of, um, you know, situation for their kids and their grandkids to be in. So do the estate planning ahead of time. Um, but yeah, protection is very, very important. And and we, last time I was on your show, we also talked about a lot of the incentives that are out there for seniors, especially yeah. in times with high cost. So Enbridge is one of them. If, if you're if your service provider is Enbridge for gas, um, appliance upgrades, heating upgrades, thermostat upgrades. So go on the Enbridge website and look up what's being offered there and make sure you get any of the programs that are out there because those programs are limited, but they will last for a long time if you take advantage of them. And and I, I the things that you, you bring up, it's that idea not only of peace of mind for for the you know the the senior that we're talking about, but also for their their family. Uh, and and uh, you go back to that idea of you you hit the nail on the head with the wills and estates. It, it seems that you know nothing brings out the worst in people uh, uh, when when it's it comes to you know someone's past and and everyone is everyone's you know it, the first thing they're doing is fighting over what's left and it, and it, it's unfortunate and but we know that that's the case. We it happens all the time. And it boils down to, as you were saying, well, someone had a conversation. This person promised me this, and this per, you know, I was going to get that ring, or I was going to get this. Get it down in, on on paper. It's not an easy conversation, but uh, it does make it does make a lot of sense. Going back to that idea of of uh, you know fraud, for example, we know that. Uh, these things happen all the time. I got a thing in the mail the other day telling me that, uh, you know, uh, something that I had signed up for four years ago, there was a data breach. So, uh, you know, who knows? And and you you think your information is out there in a thousand different locations. Take take the time and and uh, you know do a credit check on yourself. Go on to uh, the websites that are available. See what's there. See if anything it looks funny, right? If you, it's easy enough to click on it, check to see you know who's been looking, who's you know who's been asking uh, questions, and and you know, it should make it should make sense to you when you look at it. It's it's your bank. It's your you know the bills that you're paying and all of those things. Because it's so easy, as you're saying, to have the you know have the the carpet pulled out from underneath you, and you're you're like, well, how did this how did this happen? And if the people are are of a certain age and aren't you know comfortable with using the computer, or the internet, or whatever, get yourself uh, get yourself to the lawyer, get yourself to you know to Faisal or or people that are involved in these kinds of things. Ask a family member, get someone to help you out with those things because um, they it's it's heartbreaking, and we always end up hearing. Um, you know, kind of the 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 sad stories when uh, when we're looking at those things. It, I, I wanted to quickly go back to that idea with uh, with the solar panels. In your mind, 
is is that something that still people are are looking at or did it kind of peak you know five or six years ago what what are you seeing when you're looking at at uh, home sales either or the resale uh, sale uh, resale homes rather um what's what's out there right now so you know going back about 25 years ago if you made an investment in a solar panel for your roof and you paid the $20,000 which was a lot of money back then mm -hmm. You know, your recurring revenue based on the price that you're being paid per kilowatt hour, it on an average residential roof is somewhere around twelve to fifteen hundred dollars a month return, which is right. a fantastic return because you were on the old plan. The new and then there was the other plan where they would lease your roof and pay you fifteen hundred dollars a year. Right. Now, the latest one that I've seen is they give you a fifteen hundred dollar or up to twenty five hundred dollar check right up front. Mm -hmm. The solar panels on your roof, you're signing a 30-year contract with them. You get zero for the next 30 years, but at the 30-year mark, you're going to get whatever the government's uh, prescribed rate is per kilowatt hour to sell that power back to the grid. So the programs that are out there right now, in my opinion, are an absolute pain. Okay. Rip don't do it because it's going to, unless you're planning on staying there forever, right. Um you know, I cringe when I get a call from someone who's got solar panels because now I got to deal with the red tape and it is a tons and tons of paperwork to get through. And then you're dealing with insurance companies and mortgage companies and just please don't do it. There's Uncle Faisal. He shows up every show to give us the information. Listen, we'll take a final break here and ask the expert, uh, ask the experts rather. When we come back, uh, we're going to speak to best-selling author, Faisal Susie Walla. You're listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570. Welcome back to the show. My guest today, Faisal Suziwala, also known as Canada's top real estate broker. Listeners, if you'd like a chance to chat with Faisal yourself, start by going to homeshack.com. You can also call Faisal directly, 519-624-5555, or through email, Faisal at homeshack.com. Uh, Faisal, when we when I was looking through the pre-show notes, uh, lots of great topics today and, and lots of great uh, discussion points as well, too. The one that, that kind of stuck with me was, and it, it boils down to that idea, again, of doing your homework. Uh, you mentioned the idea of making sure to go and get two or three evaluations before you you finally commit to an agent. What's what's the benefit? What's What are people going to get out of it if, if they make that uh, decision to go that way? You know, lately, I, I've again, just going on from what we were talking about earlier about with seniors, there are so many seniors out there that have owned their homes for 40 or 50 years, mm -hmm. and they bought their house for $25,000. It's worth a million dollars today. Um, so when they're being told an evaluation of $700,000, they think, wow, that's huge because I only paid $25,000. It's worth $700,000. And unfortunately, some, some of these situations is where they've been widowed and the spouse that is um, alive had no idea of the finances and the situation. Right. And, and, and so they're not really in tune with what's happening in the marketplace. And an agent walks in and says, yeah, I think I can get you 700000 or 600000 for your home. But in reality, the home is actually worth 900000 or a million dollars. In fact, and I've said this often when I'm doing a listing presentation or an evaluation, if a realtor turns to you, Brock, and says, well, Brock, what do you think your home is worth? I would show them the door. Get out right. of my house. 
Yeah. Why are you there? I don't want to be skewed by what your expectation is. So you want you've called me mm-hmm. to give an honest opinion on what my home is worth. So the words that come out of my mouth should be objective, should be based on knowledge, based on proper research. And I should be able to show you how I arrived at those numbers, as opposed to me gauging what your expectation is and then telling you what you want to hear. And now in those situations, we've heard seniors say, well, I think my house is worth $500,000. Well, the real estate guy's got a buddy who's going to be happy to buy that home and split the profits with the real estate guy. So there's a lot of scams that are out there. I just think it's important. Don't go with the first agent that comes in that sweet talks you and you know makes you feel nice and bakes you cookies and tells you that everything is great. Get a few opinions. Yeah. If a realtor is sitting at your table, try with the pen out saying press hard three copies. Uh, you know that's the time again not to press hard and not to sign up with them. Do your research, do your due diligence, understand what you're getting into, read the contract, have someone read it over. And even if you're not a senior, um, anyone who is signing these contracts today, they're 20 pages, 30 pages. In a paperless world, we are just being bombarded with more and more paperwork with these new rules that are out there. Again, more paperwork. Before I show you a house, I need to give you a guide and let you understand what, what you're getting yourself into. So Really get a handle on what you're doing. And yes, get opinions, two, three, as many as family members, ask people that you trust before you sign on the dotted line, because you will get ripped off. There's a lot of people out there just waiting to take your money. And and I think back to some of the things that you've said in the past, where for you, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you, but you you've made generational connections where you know you you might be dealing with the third generation of the same family uh, who trusted you. 25, 30 years ago to get them into their home. And then they're, you know, they're, they're kids and now maybe grandkids that, that has to speak to something as well too. I, uh, I'll give you an example. We've been living in our current home for 17 years. The real estate agent we work with, we still get Christmas cards. We still get things sent to us and knowing that, you know, and, and that's been all the way along knowing that it's going to be 25 years maybe before we make that decision to move again, but they are investing it. It's, we know that that we're on their mind and, you know, you see them at the grocery store and you talk with them that that goes a long way. It, it kind of gives you like that small town feel, right? I know we live in a, in a big, big area, but you make those connections that, that people can, can hang on to. And, and Brock, Brock, to your point, um, although you may not be in a position to buy or sell right now and you have no desire to buy or sell right now, the fact that you're even talking about this person and and, and they're at the top of your mind, when a friend of yours says to you, Brock, I'm thinking about buying my home, that's the name you're going to give because they were consistently there. They are obviously showing you gratitude because they're staying in touch with you. And those are the things. And, And again, you know, I'm on the fourth generation of people that I have worked with, which you know, I, I'm just so humbled when these folks call me. And, you know, the, the desire is to go out of your way to make sure you continue to earn their trust and respect and that you do the finest job you can for these people, not take what you can out of uh, out of that situation. So there's, you know, there's a lot of people that are in there for a short term, flash in the pan, get what they can, get out of there. You know, do your do your work and and make sure you know who you are signing up with. Great advice. 
Absolutely. If we can take a few minutes, uh, Faisal, and maybe uh, talk about the book, The Real Deal, Real Deal, Billion Dollar Real Estate Broker. Uh, we've talked about this in the past. This was your chance to to put down on paper the things that, that were important to you back 25, 30 years ago, the inspirations that you received from people that were already in the business. If you take a look at that book, it's it's been out for not, not too long, but uh, if we look at the book right now, in your mind, what chapters would you say would be relevant for what we're dealing with right now in the market? You know, so I had started in the business in 88 and the market was thriving back in 88. Uh, we were in a little bit of a boom and then came along 1990 where we hit a recession. Right. So there's a chapter in that book that alludes to exactly the situation we were in. Interest rates were at a high, sales had dropped, prices had dropped. I had just invested in a building with with some investors at a very young age, and I was filled with gratitude that I had that opportunity, and I, I learned from that experience. But in those times, with the high interest rates, I was the only Canadian resident that was on title, and when the market went down, I was forced at the age of 19 to file bankruptcy. Right, you were on the hook. Yeah, I was on the hook for it. And and it was because of the circumstances. Now, I wish that I had more knowledge, I had a better understanding, and I that I had people surrounding me that could have walked me through those steps, because there's a good possibility I would have avoided certain certain things at that time. So again, and I've said this before, sometimes you learn from your own, own experiences, other times you learn from others' experiences. And, and that was a situation where I didn't have the experience to understand. But it was a similar climate in that the market was slowing down. People were moving out of commercial and, and, and institutional settings. And, and there was just no rent coming in and the rates were high. So I had to file personal bankruptcy at that age. I learned a lot. I learned exactly what not to do. I learned how to be cautious. I learned how to make thoughtful decisions. Um, but I also learned different opportunities in those times. And I learned not to give up. I learned that um, in those moments of crisis lie great opportunities. And it's about changing your mindset, about not giving up and saying, okay, that's it. I'm out. Okay, maybe you have to take a step back. Maybe you have to downsize, whatever it is you need to do in order to get back on your feet, but jump right back in, leverage the assets that you have, leverage the experience that you have, and leverage the community that you're around and use that to your advantage to get back into it. Um, I also look at investment strategies, and I talk a lot about that in my book, about different strategies. And one of the strategies that I spoke about is what to do in these times of decline and how to leverage your own equity to be able to go in and how to partner with certain people and the right type of people to partner with in order to come out ahead. You don't have to do this alone. You can do it with people. You can do it with friends. You can do it with family. Do it with people you trust. Do it with like-minded people that are going to work with you, not against you, that are accountable to you, just as you should be accountable to them. And together, you can grow a lot faster if you make the right choices. If you were able to sit down with 18-year-old Faisal, what would be your number one piece of advice that you would give to yourself? I'm putting you on the spot because this wasn't in our list of questions, but just that idea of, of, of you know, building on, on your, your experiences and so on. If you walked into a young, uh, young man's office and he was there, what would you be telling him? 
Number one, don't spend your money on foolish stuff that you don't need today, right? So yeah. to take that money that you're going to spend on you know, the, the, the special shoes or the cars or whatever, that stuff will come at a later date. Take that money and invest it now. Instant gratification is not a good thing. Long-term gratification exists when you're not after the instant gratification. The last thing I would tell young Faisal is surround yourself with people that are going to look out for you, that watch your blind spot. You know what's in front of you. You know what's behind you. You know what's in your side view mirrors. But what you don't see is what's in your blind spot. So surround by, surround yourself with one or two people who are always watching your blind spot that will take care of you and look after you. Great advice. And we're going to we're going to wrap up on that as well, too. Faisal, thanks so much again for coming on the show today. Always a pleasure to have you on here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on, Brock. And and Faisal, you know, all the best to you and uh, and your family during the holiday season. It's uh, it's been great getting to know you over the last uh, year and a half and, and looking forward to having more chats in 2024 as well, too. Uh, that was Faisal Suzuwala, Canada's top real estate broker, recently published author of The Real Deal, billion-dollar real estate broker, and the guy you find on the buses. Uh, luckily as well, someone willing to share his thoughts on the current real estate market. A big thank you to our technical producer, Devin Robertson, pushed all the right buttons today. And thanks to you listeners for joining us. You've been listening to Ask the Experts here on City News 570.